So it's Father's Day. Yeah, Father's Day. Here's the deal about Father's Day. I don't know what's happened to me, but somewhere along the line, like when I turned 40, like I just began to question everything there is about everything. Is anybody like that? Like, I just need to know, like, why? Like, why is this happening? Why am I doing this? Why does this require my time? Like, why am I doing this? And so I started doing some research on where Father's Day came from. Does anybody know where Father's Day came from? (laughs) Almost. It came from Mother's Day. And so Mother's Day birthed Father's Day. So Mother's Day came first, and then somebody that was in the Mother's Day procession said, hey, what about fathers? Like, we got to do fathers if we're going to do mothers. And so several years later, they started Father's Day. So to understand Father's Day, we got to understand how Mother's Day came to be, right? And so does anybody know the story of Mother's Day? All right, good deal. I'm glad you don't. So I'm going to help you with that, all right? We're going to throw a picture up here on the screen and see if you know who this superhero is. Iron Man. So Iron Man has a friend who has artificial intelligence. Does anybody know his name? Jarvis. You got it. All right. So we're going to put a picture of Jarvis up on the screen for you. The original Jarvis. She's lucky. Anybody you know? This is the mother of Mother's Day. She never had any kids of her own. All right. Her name is Anne Marie Jarvis. So let me kind of give you the story of Anne-Marie Jarvis because Mother's Day started on 1908, all right? So here's the story behind Anne-Marie Jarvis. It really wasn't for her. It was for Anne-Marie's mom, who was also named Anne Jarvis, okay? So not to confuse you. So in the 1800s, after the Civil War is over with, can you imagine the turmoil of the Civil War when brother was fighting against brother? Could you imagine when family was against family, when North was against South, when the the whole country was torn apart? And so Anne-Marie's mom, who was also known as Anne, said, hey, here's the thing. Here's the thread that's going to bind us. While all the kids are out there fighting, some came home, some didn't. The common thread is that they all had a mother. And because they all had a mother, it will be the thread that reunites us, that builds this back together. And so you know what she did? She started building little what they call Mother's Day groups. And so she would invite these Mother's Day groups between the North and the South to come together and to share the common bond of motherhood, not of the war. And through that, she began to mend the nation. People began to take notice of her, and so she moved into the hospitals and started doing new things with lots of people. And so as she grows older, her daughter, who is also named Anne-Marie Jarvis, says, you know what? This should be honored for what she's doing in the country. And so she starts writing letters to all the people about having a Mother's Day where there is an intimate time between the mother and their children. All right? And so here's how the story unfolds. Some of these people get real on board with it. One of them was the Postmaster General. The Postmaster General goes, you know what? Here's the deal. I believe in what you're doing. I have an auditorium that seats 5,000 people. Why don't you have your first Mother's Day gathering there? So in 1908, she does. It holds 5,000 people, 15,000 show up. She speaks. Evidently, she's this great orator. Things begin to move. They get fired up about being moms. This auditorium is connected to a, like a mall. And so guess what they do as soon as it's over with? They go shopping. They go shopping. 
So all of these mothers, five to 15,000, somewhere in between, they all go shopping. And so guess what happens next? Not Anne Marie, but the merchants come back and say, we have to do this next year. This is the true story, man. Look it up. So here's what happens. So the merchants get together and say, we've got to do this next year. We've got to do this. And so from that point on, Mother's Day becomes commercialized almost immediately. And she would spend the rest of her life fighting it. Like she would fight it tooth and nail. Like she did some crazy stuff. Like it made her crazy. Because for the next 30 years of her life, she spent every dime with litigation. Her home, her car, like she lost it all fighting the commercialization of Mother's Day. When Hallmark gets involved, she's like, quit buying cards and just write them a note. Like some would say that it was either her ability to not right the wrong or that her identity got caught up in what she wanted to be, but she was like, I want Mother's Day to be an intimate time, not commercialized. She started with carnations to give mothers carnations. They were half a penny. Within a couple years, they were 15 cents. And it picked her off. At the end of her life, and you can read this about her because she wrote notes back and forth to people, she was full of wrath. She was emaciated. She wouldn't eat. And they had to commit her to a sanatorium where she died. Happy Mother's Day. Why do I share this story with you? Because I see some of her life in all of us. Like the thing about her is that she had something that was good and right and pure. And as soon as it got brought forth, people tried to move it into something that it never was. Today, we spend $20 billion a year on Mother's Day, $12.5 billion on Father's Day. No one's going to let that slide. And so what happened for her is because something that was so pure got moved to something that it wasn't supposed to be, it owned her. And she tried to control the hearts of people. And because you cannot control the hearts of other people, it killed her. Again, why do I share this with you? Because it's, this is my life. Like, how many times do you see people doing something that you wish you were doing or not doing and say, I want that? How many times does your heart go, man, they really got it together. I really want to do what they do. That's an awesome vacation. I'd like to take their vacation. That's a sweet ride. I wish I had their ride. Ooh, I want their home. Like, you begin to try to control your heart based on the hearts of other people that you don't even know if they're happy or not. In the ministry, here's how it works for me. Walking away from what we know. Used to be able to do the things we like to do. No longer being able to do those things. And then I'm watching people get to go do them. I'm like, Lord, like I want to do what they're doing. Like I begin to start entrusting my heart to somebody else. I start entrusting my heart and my life because I think somebody else has something that's a little bit sweeter than mine. I began to trust people with my heart. We do this all the time. What was it that Jesus said to us, man, in John chapter 2? It said everybody came to him. It says he was doing miracles. They liked him. They loved him. They were telling him how awesome he was. And this is what Jesus said. He says, I will not entrust my heart to men because I know them. I know their hearts. We know our hearts. They lie to us more than anybody we know. 
And so the reason I share this story with you is because at some level, I always have to start preaching the gospel back to myself. Like I got to start going, hey, where has my heart been entrusted? That's a pretty sweet ride. I could quit ministry today, go back to the work that I used to know and pick that ride up. That would make me happy. I could quit ministry today. I could go back to work and I could take that vacation. I could take the kids on that vacation. That would make me happy because it looks like it's making them happy because I've entrusted my heart to something else. Are you tracking with me? And so as I'm rolling through this story, I'm going, I've entrusted my heart to several things that in the end have kind of made me frustrated Angry, tired, and confused. You ever been there? So you know what I did? I sat down and I just began to write a sermon to myself on why I want to trust in the Lord's heart for me. Knowing that people are crazy. Like, are people crazy? Are you crazy? Yeah. And so why do we entrust our hearts to other people all the time? Does it not make sense for us to entrust our heart to the Lord who never changes? Does that not make sense a little better? And so I sat down and I started going, okay, I'm going to kind of work my way through the word for just a little bit. And I'm going to start asking myself why I entrust my heart to the Lord. Like, because I've got to preach the gospel to myself all the time. I'm not different than you. I am not different. And the things that I begin to chase that are not of the Lord always end me up frustrated. And so I always have to answer the why. Like, why am I entrusting my heart to the Lord? And so I wrote myself a sermon. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read it to you out loud. And so you can just kind of be ears on the sermon that I wrote myself on Wednesday. Is that cool? As I'm sitting there fixing to read it or write it, and remembering the story of God's plan where it starts in Genesis and ends in Revelation, I can come up with this one thread is that the Lord has always wanted to be my father. Like everything he did in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Prophets, New Testament, letters, epistles, Revelation, all of that has one thread of the Lord always wanting to be my father before he ever laid the earth. Now I know that, but I began to go, why? Why is he worth my heart being trusted to? Because I got to remind myself of this constantly. Because the ways of this world pull me just like they pull you. And so I'll just read this. Starting with Adam. Was it not the Lord who came looking for them while they were hidden. For the Lord my Father disciplines those He loves and He chases those He adopts as sons. Hebrews 12.6 And was it not the Lord who despite their decision to fracture the universe in one act of rebellion, hoping to become as smart as God, the Lord promised restoration. A restoration that would cost our Father His own Son. For the Lord our Father is compassionate and merciful slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love, Psalms 103, verse 8. 
When Cain killed Abel, was it not the Lord who promised unwavering protection for him despite him being a murderer? For the Lord our Father promises to keep us from harm and to watch over our lives. Psalms 121 verse 7. When man had become so corrupt that they grieved the heart of God, was it not the Lord who through Noah made a way for his prized possession to have another chance? For the Lord our Father is the one who makes a way when there is no way. Isaiah 43, 16. And was it not the Lord who gave Noah dominion over all things and promised to never flood the earth again? For the Lord our Father has the right to give and the right to get, take away. So blessed be his name in both circumstances. Job 1, 21. And was it not the Lord with the Tower of Babel, the steeple of man's pride and arrogance that the Lord confused their language and dispersed them across the world? For the Lord our Father detests the proud and they will not go unpunished. Proverbs 16, 5. And was it not the Lord who went after Abraham, establishing a covenant with him so that you and I could receive for free eternity despite us? For he is the God, our father, who is faithful to his people, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Deuteronomy 7, 9. And was it not the Lord who saved Lot, despite Lot chasing his own interests and compromising the integrity of his home? Because he is the God, our father, who saves. From the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. Psalm 68, verse 20. And was it not the Lord who provided water to the young Ishmael abandoned in the desert because the Lord our Father is a father to the fatherless. A defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. He sets the lonely in families and he leads out prisoners with singing Psalm 68, 5 through 6. And was it not the Lord who wrestled with Jacob and renamed him Israel, meaning you have wrestled with man and God and have overcome. Was it not the Lord who told Jacob that I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go? And has not the Lord our Father promised us that he will watch over us, our coming and our going from this time and forever? Psalms 121 verse 8. And was it not the Lord who elevated Joseph to the second highest spot in Egypt, giving him favor in the eyes of Pharaoh? And power in the land of Egypt, setting the stage for the greatest exodus the world has ever known. For the Lord our Father holds the hearts of kings, and they are like water in his hands. Proverbs 21.1 And was it not the Lord who relentlessly pursued Moses, using a man of weak speech and cowardice to show his hesed or his loyal love to his people? For God our Father's power is made perfect in our weakness, and he uses the weak to shame the proud. 1 Corinthians 1.27 And was it not the Lord who made a spectacle of the false gods of Egypt, displaying his power and crushing the Egyptian empire by making all of creation subject to his voice? For the Lord our Father is powerful. He reigns and is clothed with majesty. He is clothed in strength and has set the pillars of the world on its foundations. They shall not be moved. Psalms 93 verse 1. And was it not the Lord who made water spew from a rock for his people? Because the Lord our Father is a redeemer. For this was a foreshadow of Jesus, our living water, that whoever drinks from this water shall never thirst again. Indeed, the water that comes from the spring will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. John 4, 14. And was it not the Lord who made Mount Sinai shake and consumed it in smoke as the Lord descended on it in fire? 
For your Father in heaven has a kingdom that cannot be shaken. When it touches things, it is the force that causes the shaking. Therefore, worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews 12, 28 through 29. And was it not the Lord who gave his people the law to train them in the ways of the kingdom? For the Lord, our Father's kingdom is built on the foundations of righteousness, joy, and peace, and is a delight to those who are being trained by it, producing a crop of righteousness for those who delight in it. Romans 14, Hebrews 10. And was it not the Lord who taught his people how to build his tabernacle and gave them instructions on the building of the ark for the Lord? For the Lord, our Father, has promised to dwell with us. I will establish my abode in your midst. I will be ever present in your mind. I will be your God and you will be my people. I will dwell in you, Zechariah 2. And now the Lord God dwells among us. He will sprinkle clean water on us and, he will be, and we will be clean. He will cleanse us from all of our impurities and from all of our idols, Psalm 68. The Lord says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep the laws. Then you will live in the land that I give you. You will be my people and I will be your God. Ezekiel 36, 26 through 28. Was it not the Lord who made his people wander in the desert for 40 years because of their unbelief and complaining? For the Lord our Father is just and he is judge. As the Lord abides forever, he has established his throne for judgment and he will judge the world in righteousness. He will execute judgment for the people with equity. Psalms 9, 7 through 8. Was it not the Lord who sent Jesus ahead of Joshua in every battle, allowing him to conquer every tribe he encountered? For the Lord already had promised them this, and let every man be a liar, for the Lord our Father is a fierce warrior. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. He hurls chariots and armies into the sea. Who can stand against his mighty arm? Exodus 15. Was it not the Lord who sent judges to his people in their rebellion, such as Gideon, Sarah, and Samson, and saved his people despite their continued rejection of his ways? For the Lord our Father is our deliverer. For from the Lord comes my deliverance. May his blessing be on us. Psalms 3, verse 8. The righteous can cry out, for the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all of their troubles. Psalms 34, 17. Was it not the Lord who rose up Samuel to give Israel a king, even though this was the ultimate rejection of him? The Lord himself was to be their king. But because the Lord our Father is compassionate, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail us. Because of this, we have hope. Lamentations 3, 21 through 24. Was it not the Lord who was with David as he slew the giant Goliath and buried his head on Golgotha, foreshadowing the destruction of death and sin for all mankind? For the Lord our Father is full of wisdom. How many are your works? The world is full of your wisdom, O Lord. Psalms 104. So fear of the Lord is now the beginning of all wisdom. Psalms 110. Was it not the Lord who handpicked David and stayed with him through all the years that Saul tried to kill him? For the Lord our Father sustained David all those years while hiding in caves because God our Father is our sustainer. 
For strangers have risen against me, and violent men have sought my life. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my soul, Psalms 54. For the Lord sustains all who fall and raise up all who are bowed down, Psalms 145. The Lord himself says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, for I cannot lie. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Was it not the Lord who brought David to the throne of Israel, making Israel the most powerful nation under heaven, as he promised? For the Lord our Father exists for the glory of his name. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give all the glory because of your steadfast love and your faithfulness to your truth. Psalms 115, verse 1. Was it not the Lord who required the life of David's son for the heinous act he committed with Bathsheba and to her husband Uriah, sending him to his death? For the Lord is still just. Whoever is pregnant with evil conceives trouble and gives birth to disillusionment. Whoever digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit they have made for themselves. The trouble they cause recoils on their heads. Their violence comes down on their own feet. Psalm seven fourteen through 15. Was it not the Lord who gave Solomon wisdom beyond all understanding? Because the Lord our Father gives generously to all who ask. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. For he gives it generously to all without finding fault. James 1 verse 5. Was it not Solomon that said, Apart from knowing the Lord, that everything under the sun is worthless. For the Lord our Father is our all in all. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Psalm 16, 2. The Lord is the vine and I am the branch. Apart from him, we cannot live. John 15. Was it not the Lord who warned Israel with prophet after prophet to change their ways and return to their first love? For the Lord, our Father's love burns for us. Even when we reject him, For there is nothing that will separate us from him. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate me from the love of God my Father. Romans 8, 38-39 Was it not the Lord who watched Israel fall as man's pride welled so high as to split the nation in half? For the Lord our Father warns us that a house divided against itself will not stand. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? Hebrews 12, verse 25. Was it not the Lord who still kept the remnant of Israel safe as conquering nation after conquering nation had their way with Israel? For the Lord our Father is a promise keeper. For the Lord is trustworthy. In all he is and promises and faithfulness in all he does. Psalms 145 verse 13. Was it not the Lord who taught Job the danger of questioning the power or the purpose of the Lord and yet restored all things to him in the conclusion of the story? For the Lord is a mighty fortress. As Job himself uttered at the end, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours will be stopped. Job 42 verse 2. Was it not the Lord who gives us prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah to tell us of the future and the fact that 2,000 of 2,500 promises predicted in the Old Testament have come to pass? 
Was it not the Lord who taught us Isaiah 53 and described to us what our sin would cost in the suffering servant? For the Lord, our Father, is Savior. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Isaiah 12, verse 2. Was it not the Lord who told us in Zechariah that the great shepherd would be struck and that all the sheep would be scattered as our Savior was left alone to endure the cross for the Lord our Father is enduring. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations to those who love His name. Psalms 100 verse 5. Was it not the Lord who was silent before His people for 400 years prior to the birth of Jesus? As Rome came to power and built the infrastructure for the gospel message to travel. For the Lord our Father is higher above any reasoning we know. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Isaiah 55 verse 8. Was it not the Lord who in the essence of Jesus taught us over and over how far they are willing to go to come after us despite our arrogance and prideful ways and utter rejection of them? For the Lord our Father is relentless towards us. Oh, church, oh, church, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent are sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. Matthew 23, verse 37. Was it not the Lord who sacrificed his own son as an offering once and for all so that no one should perish but have everlasting life? For the Lord our Father finishes what he starts. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to him with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. Was it not the Lord who gave us his spirit to convict us of sin and to bring us into righteousness as well as being a seal in our souls for the hope which is to come for the Lord our Father is ever present. Now it is God who makes both me and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us on the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 through 22. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Was it not the Lord who empowered 11 crazy, insecure men to become men who would start a movement, counting their lives to mean nothing compared to the riches of knowing Christ? For the Lord our Father gives strength. Do you not know? Have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God? He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired. He does not grow weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Isaiah 40, 28 through 29. Was it not the Lord who flung open the gates of the prison and shook the earth, causing the centurion and his whole household to know the salvation of the Lord? For the Lord, our father, enters where he pleases. Fling wide the gates. 
Open the ancient doors and the great king will come in. Who is the great king? He is the Lord. He is strong and he is mighty. The Lord is victorious in battle. His name is the Lord. So fling wide the gates and open the ancient doors and the great king will come in. Psalms 24, 7 through 9. Was it not the Lord who appeared to Saul, his enemy, and led him into repentance? causing the birth of the greatest missionary this world has ever known. For the Lord our Father has a strong arm to save his people. The north and the south, you have created them. Tabor and Hermon shout for joy at your name. Your arm is endowed with power. Your hand is so strong. Your right hand exalted above the nations. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mountains melt like wax before the Lord. Loving kindness and truth go before you. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence. They will walk in the presence of the Lord. Psalms 89, 14 through 15. Was it not the Lord who gave and sustained his word from generation to generation so that all who are near and all who are far off can know the greatness and majesty and power and the hope of his name. For the Lord our Father is hope. This is the covenant I will make with them. I will put my laws in their heart. I will write them on their minds. Their sinlessness and lawless acts I will remember no more. So let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. So let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other as the final day approaches. Hebrews 10. Was it not the Lord who saved me from myself and gave me a hope in a future in October 30th, 1999. Was it not the Lord who when I told him I quit ministry, never to return to it, whispered in my ear, where will you go that I will not find you? What mountain that I will not see you? What depth that I will not reach you? causing me to have full repentance for my actions. Was that not the Lord who brought me into that? Is it not the Lord, your Father, that chased you down the day when you had ran far enough for the Lord your Father loves? Was it not the Lord who was standing there the day when you had had enough and were sick of yourself? Was it not the Lord who was standing there? Was it not the Lord who set up all of creation so that you and I would know His name? Was it not the Lord? Is it not the Lord, our Father, who has promised us that He will finish the work that He has started in us so you can give yourself some grace? No longer to beat yourself up with condemnation for thou there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Is that not the Lord? Is it not the Lord, our Father, who has promised that He will never leave us, that He will never forsake us? So what can man do to us? And so we say with confidence, the Lord is our helper. Is that not the Lord? 
Is it not the Lord our Father that has promised us that He will return for us and He will right every wrong with the words of His mouth? Is it not the Lord? So I write this and I say to myself, is it not the Lord worthy of me entrusting my heart to Him? For I am but a vapor on this planet. Half of my life is over and what's left may be requested of me tomorrow. What shall I entrust my heart to? My house? My car? If not the Lord. And is it not the Lord who stirs your heart that when you hear the gospel preached that it moves you? He said, no man comes to me. He says, it's my generosity, my spirit that's moving in you that draws me into my name. Is that not the Lord? Where will we run? Where will we find our joy? it is not the Lord. I sit here and I read this and what comes to my mind is when, when Paul's writing all of his letters from a prison in Rome and you see how he ends all of those letters. He says, listen, I am not a prisoner of Rome. I'm a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ because he knew that even Rome and all of its grandeur was just a fleeting thought. Think clearly. Where is Rome today? And where is the Lord our God? Is it not the Lord? And so on this day, because I'm a father, I submit to the fact that I want this day to be about my father. But to let it be about him. Because when he's the charge of the day, guess what? I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. I'm a better dad. I'm a better worker. Because I know that He will finish it. Is it not the Lord? And so I thought that's what we do. We just dedicate this day to the Lord. It's Father's Day, yeah? So Lord, we praise Your name. And I praise Your name for always drawing me back to like, I believe every word. Like, where, where will I go? What would I do? Like, where can I go from your presence? Like, after I've been in it, like, where do I go from you? What else brings peace? What else brings joy beyond all understanding? Like, what else brings that, Lord, that's not fleeting? So, Lord, I would ask in the name of Jesus that everyone in this room, that we would remember just today, not tomorrow, but just today, is it not the Lord who has allowed me to breathe? Who has allowed me to have a family or not have a family? Is it not the Lord who has allowed me to know Him? Is it not the Lord? This is your day. Who am I? Who are we? Who are we that you're so mindful of us? Like, what have we done that you want? What can we give you that you don't have? 
That is the mystery of you. Like why you choose to know us. Like why you choose to be my father. Why you choose to chase us down. Is it not you? Is this day not yours? Are all days not yours? And so Lord, I'll speak for me on behalf of all the people in this house. Happy Father's Day to you. We know we are confident that we will be with you, that you will restore it, and that you love us beyond measure. And we will probably never know why. But that makes the greatest mystery, God. So happy Father's Day to you. our hearts from being wayward stir our souls to love you more and may we not entrust our hearts to things that just don't matter and everyone in this house said 